If I'm the last person to finish the race, honestly, I don't care. My thing is just to get over the finish line. I challenge anybody to be in a bad mood after a run. I challenge them. A runner's high is, yeah. I mean, there's no feeling like that. Like, you just, there just isn't. Welcome to Reasons to Run, sponsored by VHI ahead of the VHI Women's Mini Marathon. Each week we speak to a new guest about their running journey in the build-up to the big event on June 2nd in Dublin. Whether you are a seasoned runner or you're just starting out on your running journey, there is always a reason to run. For more info, head to lovin.ie or vhiwomensminimarathon.ie and make sure to stay tuned until the end of this episode when we'll have our milestone moment by fitness enthusiast Leanne Moore. This week I'm joined by Emily Glenn, host of Fair Game podcast and advocate for women in sport. Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Megan. Your story is a little bit different than the other guests we've had over the weeks because you are a seasoned runner. And before we started this podcast, you were almost embarrassed about the fact that you're a great runner. You were like, I don't want to sound annoying. Yeah, I mean, it is like I will talk about running at great length to literally anyone who will ask. But I also know that there is a threshold for how interested people are in in how my run went. <laughs> well, look, I am probably the opposite end of the scale to you in that I can't run 200 yards. Um, but I still consider myself a runner. And this is a journey that's part of my journey. If I run, I am a runner. Um Tell I think us. that's deadly. I think is that's that really deadly because I, like, it took me years of running and I'd completed my first couple of marathons and people would be like, oh, you're a runner. And I would, I would kind of shy away from that. I, cause I, I thought that, uh, runners were, you know, when I think of runners, I think of Kira McGee and Sonia Sullivan. I think of elites. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's something you really have to like embrace about yourself. It's almost like, yeah, I do, I do do this. It's yeah. a self-belief. That's funny because something I mentioned in an episode a couple of weeks ago is that you're always better than someone and someone's always better than you. So you have people you look at as elite runners that you can always aspire to be, whereas I would aspire to be able to run what you can. So it's just about kind of finding your own little space. And that's what I love about running is that it's very personal. Yeah. And I also think that the running community are like you never show up. Or it is rare, I suppose, that you show up at a at a start line and for anyone to be judgy about you or your abilities or performance. Like everybody's like, oh, I've had that day or oh, yeah, God, you're having a great day. And if you're having if you're having a bad day, it's, you know, oh, yeah, sure. Look, you'll get there. We all have DNFs or we all have this or that or whatever else it is. Like everybody is. Um, I don't think I've never had an experience where anyone's been judgy about, you know. Yeah. what you look like or what you're wearing or any of that stuff. That's it. I mean, when I started a whole four weeks ago, <laughs> Uh, I used to pass people and be so worried about what they thought about how I was running or how slow I was going or how bad my technique was. And then I realized that I have never passed someone and thought, oh, my God, they're running so slowly or look at their terrible technique. People don't think that way. If anything, anytime I pass someone, no matter how crap they're running no matter how slow they're going I'm just thinking go you yeah like, absolutely we're out here together we we put our runners on it was a rainy day we didn't want to do it go you that's all I'm thinking and as well I mean like if you're catching someone at the end of their long run and their form is gone 
and they're really slow and you know this could be mile 20 for them like, I always think they're they don't know that I haven't ran 10k yeah this <laughs> might be your first mile but they don't know that they're not <laughs> checking your watch so tell us a bit about your running journey how it started so I actually started running with the women's mini marathon it was my first 10k um I did my master's and came out of college with absolutely zero fitness I had just absolutely um lost anything that I had and um all of these people that I was kind of working with were talking about these you know casual 10k runs they were doing every weekend and I thought Jesus I better get in on that that sounds important uh I'd like to be able to talk to them about this and so made the made the error of telling some friends that I was doing it and they helpfully decided that they would do it too and um so of course then I couldn't drop out (laughs) (laughs) so um I I couldn't run the length of myself like couldn't run for a bus if you're running 200 meters that was that's currently 200 meters more than what I was running then uh but joined a gym and they just put me on a treadmill and they were like you know okay we'll see how we'll see how you go um and ran it and it was such a hot day and I had been at Forbidden Fruit the day before because I didn't know you weren't supposed to do that um and yeah showed up mildly hungover um having had some porridge I think because I'd read somewhere some that you know professionals do that and um yeah did it did it I think I clocked about an hour so uh or just over an hour but I I remember immediately thinking oh yeah well if I'd you know if I'd done this differently or if I'd done that differently it would be you know my time would be lower and I'd be better and I, I would feel stronger and it just it's that kind of sense of optimism I think that's um I get that all the time, even now, Yeah. you know, no matter what distance I cover. Oh, yeah, well, you know, like the weather was a bit bad. So, you know, maybe and if if I'd had a different training block, it would be but you know, there's always something you can improve on for next time. It's that sense of optimism. I think that keeps you going back and back for more. Is that what motivates you then is those tangible results of running faster or? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm mo- I'm definitely motivated by uh I think races and kind of times and those things that you can tick off a list, they keep help help keep you focused. But I I think if you have a good run, you end up in this like almost like a flow state. Like mm. it's it's really meditative. You just kind of get lost in the scenery and or in the vibe of the day or your favorite song or whatever it is and you come back. It's the it's the feeling of it that gets you out the door but sometimes you need a push to get you out the door and I think that's what the race is and that's what kind of times and and um, distances are, are handy for they're yeah. they're good focusing um tools but other than that I think it's yeah and also you can run in so many lovely places that's um that's currently what I'm really excited about is that I'm getting to run in places I wouldn't normally get to go and explore um so yeah I'm really loving that but yeah that's what keeps me going out the door it's interesting for me to talk to someone who is a seasoned runner because a lot of the questions that I've had on the start of this journey is, okay, I understand why I'm motivated to go out now while I'm making such massive improvements every time I go out. Like literally, I can add 30 seconds Everything to my is a run. PB. <laughs> Everything, <Yeah>. every day. <laughs> literally, if I get, you know, 10 steps past that milestone, um, 
each day. That to me is this massive achievement. I'm buzzing off the runner's high. Um, I'm coming home and feeling in a great mood for hours afterwards. And I'm starting to think, okay, this is great for now. Surely that wears off. Oh yeah, no, it totally wears off. No. It really does. Yeah, no, it does. You'll find other things to replace it with though. Okay. Um, but that does wear off. You will plateau and it will be a case of, you know, or you'll, yeah, you'll end up at the same 10K time for three months and you'll be like, oh God, why am I doing this instead of going for points of the canal? Like, why, why is this my decision today? But you, I mean, those kind of memes you see on the internet about like lacing up is the hardest thing. It's not like it's the hardest thing is when you have to go out and you don't really know what your what that run what the point of that was for or if you come back after a hard run and you have to go back out tomorrow and god it's raining and it's dark and you've had a long day in work like those are the hard decisions yeah um but like yeah there's loads of tools for that like and does your is your runners high is does that go do you have runs where you do a really long run you come home and you don't get a buzz um sometimes like sometimes you're just happy to have them over with yeah. Like, you know, if, if you're training for something specific, sometimes you're just delighted that they're kind of done. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, like the ones that you get a runner's high is, yeah. I mean, there's no feeling like that. Like no. you just, there just isn't. Um, I have been training all through the winter um, and one of the kind of best, almost like replacements for a runner's high um, is that I have like a little ritual about a slice of lemon cake and a cup of really hot tea. When you come in and you're like soaked through and it's mangy out and it's dark and you didn't want to go in the first place and your battery died, like in everything, you just think, okay, yeah, I'll go, I'll go home and I'll have that. That'll be fine. Yeah, reward um, systems are important. Yeah, also playlists. Okay, I wanted to talk to you about this. Get a playlist going. You mentioned beforehand that you listen to Riverdance. Yeah ideal I don't ideal. know how I haven't put Riverdance on my runners playlist yeah no sorry get that right on there like that is right so on motivating there. so I was out at this I was out at the knock meal down uh half marathon this weekend and it's um there it's the IMRA run so Irish Mountain Running Association do them and it's it was supposed to be a half marathon but I got lost twice so I ended up running 16 miles uh, an additional two mountains got lost on the top of one of the mountains which I'm not really sure how I did that but there we are um and on fair game uh which is a podcast i make um we've had recently uh, an integrated wellness coach on talking to us about mental fitness she was talking to us about you know when you lose the head and you lose your focus you take tea three deep breaths and uh regain your kind of your focus and your reason why you're doing this like that did not work for me <laughs> at all <laughs> three deep breaths and i was still huffing and puffing yeah so yeah river dance and yeah. a Percy pig and by the like by the time the beat dropped I was <laughs> gone over the mountain <laughs> do you mean a Percy pig like a jelly yeah hold on you bring Percy pigs with you oh gotcha that's it's yeah oh yeah so you have a li- okay talk to me about like I like detail where are they stored like do you have okay, some so fancy for your, equipment for your 10k you're probably gonna have like maybe you're gonna have nothing that's also fine you don't have to bring anything for your 10k if you're doing anything longer than that maybe you have like uh you know bottoms with pockets in it yeah um yeah I'll always stick a couple of Percy pigs down down there and do we stop to eat the Percy pig or do we eat on the run depends like I can eat on the go but yeah it depends on what you bring also like I do longer distances so I will absolutely bring food and snacks on this 
Really? Yeah, Nutri-Grain bars, 10 out of 10 every time. I am laughing because I used to see a neighbour of mine used to go out for a run once a week and she used to bring a chocolate bar and literally every swing (laughs) of her hand she'd take a bite of the chocolate bar and we used to laugh at her so much going down the road but fair play to her if that's what it takes I would imagine that that's how she got off the couch I mean I've never heard of that but fair play to her I will try that out (laughs) probably only let herself have the chocolate bar when yeah. she was out that was it on I mean, the run not saving it for when he got home either yeah, yeah okay fair <laughs> enough unique do, unique strategy do you still have days where you just think I can't do this um yeah it depends on what it's about like so I I tend to run um an awful lot now on trails um and they will inevitably have like climbs so kind of you're up certain mountain ranges or whatever and you kind of look at the distances or you look at the peaks you're about to climb um and you think oh I'm really not gonna be able to get up there like how am I gonna do that um or yeah or th- the one that I find at the minute is that I'll I'll be doing it and I'm I'm slower than I want to be um and then I'll get to the top or I'll get to the end of the run and I'll look back and you get this amazing sense of perspective about, you know, you've just been really mean to yourself or you've just doubted yourself that you could do that. And you have this mountain range behind you and you think, oh, oh yeah, no, I actually can do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have a couple of photos in my phone where from climbs or from runs that I thought I really wouldn't be able to do. And then you get, you. I mean, running is a... I don't think it's like any other sport or maybe it's like every other sport in that it just builds such confidence. Mm. Like, you know, you're going out getting PBs every week. Like you're probably doing things now in week four of your journey that you didn't think you could do in week one. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And you you don't doubt that you can do that because it's not like a, you know, if somebody said to you in week one, OK, great, off you go out now and run a 5K around the block. You'd be like, no way. Yeah. No, like nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. But now it's like, yeah, great. I ran four and a half yesterday. So of course I can run five today. That's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's just this in it, it's I think it's confidence based on evidence. Mm. And I think what's really important is just taking it bit by bit as well, as I've mentioned before. Um, I mean, a really small win for me is the lake in my park I used to be able to do two laps of it and the other day I'm following an app at the moment with my training and because of whatever song was playing because music has such a big impact Mm. on me in running I didn't want to stop when it came to my walking session yeah and I did another couple of laps of the lake and it was the music that, that got me through it and for me that was just but it's such a mental game isn't it because like the way I think about those hard runs when you haven't had, maybe you're having a bad streak of running or whatever. Um, I, but it's a sense of like your body will carry you through. You you now know you can do another couple of laps more than you thought. So actually what you've had is a mental blockage. Yeah, totally. So and the music can override that because mm-hmm. it distracts you. Mm. But what I, like, you know, aside from music, like you can distract yourself with many a thing. You can go off in a daydream. You can, you know, think about uh, a really interesting problem you're having maybe or like, you know, an argument that you had three days ago and you've just come up with the greatest comeback ever. Like, That's such a good one. Yeah. You can really get lost when you start thinking about arguments. Yeah. And like anything that brings up a passion, go with it. Yeah. Go with it. And I think it's it it really is important what you're saying about how you can totally self-sabotage mentally um, but you can also unlock amazing power just by noticing your own processes and how they're holding you back. Yeah. Um, I am a massive fan of making sure that 
I've reframed my run to be a positive thing before I go out and also taking the bad with the good so even if it is really crap even if I can't run as far as I did yesterday trying to just say okay I'm gonna have those days it's not all going to be rosy um and just accepting the whole experience um as a journey yeah I love so uh in my own podcast fair game we do long form interviews with uh some of Ireland's most elite uh female athletes yes and I love hearing their stories of you know, times when things didn't go right or when they had, you know, a period of injury and it was just, will I ever get through this? Is my career over? Um, And I kind of, I think about them and their, you know, 4am wake up calls to go and, you know, get into a freezing cold swimming pool or to do whatever it was. And you kind of think, okay, you know, my run is terrible today, but I'll I'll do it again tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I I find those things really inspiring Mm -hmm. Um, because it, it kind of tells you that you're not alone. Like, yeah. you know, you've had a terrible run today. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. You're you're not alone. This, you're not the first person that this has happened to. Yeah. Um, so you're speaking a, a little bit about the work you've done uh, advocating for women in sport on Fair Game. Um, how is that something that became really important to you? So I suppose I've always had a vested interest in equality when it comes to sport. Um, and I found sport to be uh, such an equalizer for me in in a personal capacity it was you know based on your work ethic and your the training you've put in and, and everything else and then you know when it was spoken about it was the kind of one of the last place that one of the last places in which kind of sexism and out and out misogyny was acceptable you could say of course she's not paid as much as men Mm. or her male counterpart like she doesn't deserve it she's a female athlete she's definitely not as good and she's not as physical and she's not as this or that or whatever it was um and it just it really kind of ground my gears it, it just didn't sit right um and a couple of years ago we decided uh, a friend of mine Elaine Buckley and I decided that we were going to stop complaining about it and we would start doing something so we built a fair game um and it's a it's a passion project up until this stage um and now Shauna Cook and I present it and we tell the kind of the stories of female athletes in Ireland and it's great because I in a in a personal sense I leave every episode absolutely buzzing like yeah. head up to 90 ready to go and take on the world and um yeah I I it's really nice to be able to create content that I also love you yeah. know like I look forward to Cassie sending over the preview of an episode so I can hear it (laughs) and you've obviously built a community around this so it's so much more than you guys in front of the mic how has the reaction been oh it's that's one of the things that I'm still really taken aback by I suppose firstly it I kind of always forget that other people listen to Fair Game because I just love creating it so much that that we record it is almost like a secondary thing uh, and that other people listen to it is just still mind-boggling but it's been so well received and it's been so um yeah, I think it's I, I think as well that the female athletes that we've had on or that we've built community with know that we will deal with their um their stories sensitively and with respect and they can really own their own narrative when they come on fair game. Um and they know they're also talking to kind of two other athletes. So it becomes, you know, within a, the space of a couple of minutes it becomes a chat that we just happen to record. Um and yeah, you know, you'll we, we notice on Twitter and on our Instagram and stuff, mainly on our Twitter, our Instagram is very new. Um, but we, yeah, we have the kind of, every so often you'll get the same people who come on and just scroll down our, our Instagram, our, our t- 
Twitter timeline and uh, see catch up with what's been going on in women's sport and kind of learn about other sports and uh, you know retweet episodes and and get involved. It's really it's really nice to see. It is a little community. Even if you had no listeners, this would be you'd be making it out of life. You'd yeah. be doing it, anyway. yeah, because you love it so much. I think that's really like I think with running there is um, a really kind of unique sense of like of community on places like Instagram and Twitter you have like hashtags like UK run chat or you know I run this body is an American one and there's really this lovely body positive um you know start from where you are and accept the mile you're in and all of those like it's a really lovely positive place mm. um with Instagram it can get a little bit it can get a little bit strange on yeah. Instagram like some of it is great and it's the same and you kind of I think you have to find your community in, in the sense of like it's um it's more people focused you know so you know x person is actually a runner and will tell you when they've had a really terrible run or whatever and maybe you want to follow that person you want to create your online community Mm. um or connect with people who are also doing it if it's you know if you don't have friends around you who are also on your running journey with you at whatever stage you're at or if you're not in a club either um but then every so often you'll get somebody on like a trail photo and like in you know a sports bra and yeah. a pair of Nike booty shorts and you're like there's no way you're like where do you put the jelly beans <laughs> firstly <laughs> where's your headphones you don't have any keys for the car like this isn't real <laughs> I love that you're gonna be freezing <laughs> yeah so you're kind of similar to me in that I kind of have a tenuous relationship with running and Instagram um and fitness and Instagram um when it comes to your social life how do you, do you incorporate running in your social life? Do you keep it separate? Ah, yeah, no, you, I definitely incorporate it into um, into social life. I suppose I'm lucky in that I have a lot of friends who are kind of interested in um, in similar things to me. So um, there's yeah, I mean, you can go for a quick run and have some brunch. Mm-hmm. Um, that's or you know, you're going. A couple of years ago, uh, a group of friends and I went to the Connemara Half Marathon, and that was really nice. We made a weekend of it. Um, got there in the first night and had the half marathon the next day and then just had a great little holiday. So, uh, and I've, I've just gotten back from Spain actually where I did uh, the Glatzo Trail Race. And so, yeah, like it kind of becomes a passion project that you feed. Things like that that make you feel um, the most like you. Then, mm. yeah, you feed those habits. Yeah. And yeah, like you bring, the, I mean, at the same time you need balance. You need to be able to go out and have a conversation about something that isn't yeah. many miles you've clocked up this week and what your <laughs> nutrition strategy is and, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, you are running this year for a reason that's very, very obviously close to your heart and a great motivation. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I'm running this year for MS Ireland. Uh, my dad passed away last year and he had MS. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's a society that's really close to my heart. They were so supportive um, of dad and of everything that we needed as a family and um I also think I learned a really fun, well, it's not a fun fact at all, but it is um, a random fact about MS um, in that three out of every four diagnosed cases of of MS are women. Um, And there's about 9,000 people in Ireland living with MS. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, anything that kind of fundraises for a cause like that is... um, is really worth your while and it's also a really nice motivator if you're kind of thinking about signing up um to pick a charity and uh get involved with that do something maybe yeah 
do something to raise money for them yeah. um keep them in mind when you're having a really terrible run mm. um and yeah the charities are also uh, really good at giving you stuff like t-shirts and if you're starting from the absolute bottom they'll give you a training plan um so yeah that's why I'm running it yeah. but um it's always a really nice run as well the women's mini marathon because everyone runs in a t-shirt for who they're fundraising for mm. um and that's always really nice to see yeah Emily thank you so much for joining us today and we will see you on Sunday June 2nd thanks Megan now for your milestone moment with Leanne Moore. For more info on training plans, head to vhiwomensminimarathon.ie. Okay, Leanne, we are one week out from the VHI Women's Mini Marathon. What do you want people to think about this week? One week out. I can't believe it's almost here. This week, I don't want people to push themselves too hard in their training. Take it nice and easy. Make sure the body is nice and recovered for the big day. And also, concentrate on the nutrition. Let's try and keep it as clean as possible. Let's try and keep all of the foods one single ingredient foods. Stay away from processed things. It will really serve you on the day. That's all from Reasons to Run this week. For more information, head to lovin.ie or vhiwomensminimarathon.ie. See you at the finish line.